partnership for this week's show brought to you by Strike King's Kings of Bass TV. Tune in to season three of KOB TV on the Kings of Bass YouTube channel and check out episode number five, where 80 of the best anglers in the world with $300,000 on the line, the Kings of Bass crew follows Mark Rose during the 2022 Major League Fishing Red Crest event in its latest episode of Kings of Bass TV. Make sure you subscribe to the Kings of Bass TV channel on YouTube. Tell us where you're watching from in the comments and be entered to win a Team Lose Mark Rose Signature Series Rod and Lose Hyperspeed Baitcast Reel, along with an assortment of Striking Lure Company baits and more. Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I'm going to tell you I read your Bible. But I'm also going to tell you that you have to sin a little in order to repent. You feel me, dog? You feel me? I'm a on the What's up, guys? CB here, another Angler's Channel Insider Podcast coming at you. Episode 254, if you're counting at home. Big show for you guys tonight. Will Davis, your 2022 Bass Nation champ on the phone. He does answer the phone. We will talk to him on the phone tonight. We will have an interview, a great interview Will's a good dude from Sylacauga, Alabama. We're going to talk to him about his win, his birth into the Bassmaster Classic, and if he'll take the invitation to the 2023 Bassmaster Elite Series, you'll hear it here and see what he's going to do. KG gets on a little bit of a stump. He wasn't prepared. We talk a little MLF, talk a little bass, talk some opens, talk some invitationals. And, uh, yeah, just kind of look at a number of different things. So all that and more coming up right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. Welcome in, folks, to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I'm Chris Brown, along with, of course, social media ninja, Mr. David Zhang, who's been hacked. What's what's it? How, how does a social media ninja get hacked? Don't you? Can't you like do some? I'm not, you know, I'm ninja. Not, I'm not sure if I was actually hacked or not, but um, what was it? I mean, I, I don't think I'm anyone, but I guess someone out there must think I'm someone important for them to come and create a fake account. Oh wow! All right. So, but it was actually by the time I rep- I posted it up, and I, it was gone to like a few minutes after I. Uh, you know, post up, say, Hey, uh, just don't accept, uh, whatever from this particular person. And yeah. So I was surprised that I guess with the issues that people have with meta or whatever, the company that owns Facebook and all that stuff, uh, that, uh, all the complaints about, you know, fact checking and all that stuff that they were actually, I guess, I'm assuming they were actually quick unless whoever was, a, whoever the imposter was knew that I kind of caught on pretty quick, but yeah. But yeah, you, you, you Judy chopped them, didn't you? That's what it is. You, you gave them the old Judy chop and, and threatened them and told them to get out, right? I got you. All right. <clears throat> I saw that come across and I thought, wow, social media ninja getting hacked. That's 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 pretty impressive. Somebody's got some balls to come in here and hack you. So that's for sure. And of course, the latest TikTok sensation, 
our own AC Insider, Mr. Kenneth Grover, who has jumped by leaps and bounds in his TikTok follower. Still no more videos or a video, just one picture and a song, I think. But um, you got to start somewhere, don't you, KG? Up 124 fans, followers. Wow. Uh, it's been steadily growing since I started it. So, I mean, uh, the, the the picture that you reference uh, is over 900 views. So, right, We're going for followers, though, dude. I mean, you got to have the followers. The followers is where it gets you the money, right? But that, that comes over time. I okay. Mean, All right. Well, just there will be more coming. I've got I've got plans. So yeah. Oh, we got we got <laughs> we have planned content, David, is what I'm hearing. Planned content coming routines for, for TikTok. <laughs> David, you have grown by one follower and Anglerstown has grown by five. So yeah, we're on a slow be a long way to a thousand, but um, you know. I, I did I did, however, I did, however, get a text this week on the old uh podcast hotline. The uh, um, Exxon hotline brought to you by Trickstep. Let me see if I can't find it here real quick because it was it was a good one um, that referenced you directly here, buddy. Let me find it. Where did it go? Um, I've gotten so many this week. It's been kind of been kind of crazy. Okay, here we go. He said, um, mm, "I guess I will have to get TikTok because I want that six-hour guide trip with KG." It's our buddy Burl Gentry. He's got to have it. Got to go fishing with KG. So, well, Burl, you you got to help me get to a, to a thousand. So uh, get to work, buddy. We'll we'll make that six hour trip happen. That's right. Matter, fact, matter of fact, I might throw in an extra two for you, making an eight hour trip. Ooh, <laughs> Burl, just for you, Burl. Look out! <laughs> but you but you can't bring your BTL hat, Burl. You got you got to wear your English Channel hat. And uh, we'll have to find you some more English Channel swag if uh, if you do end up winning it. But make sure you get the old TikTok there. And uh, get on that. If you've missed that, that's at Kenneth Grover Fishing. Make sure you go follow his TikTok page. And then uh, was it at D-X-I-O-N-G-1, David Jongs. Be very, very careful when you (laughs) search that, just saying. And then, of course, uh, at anglerschannel.com. So so since we're on the topic, I'll go ahead ahead and say this. So. Obviously, TikTok is is very much a global presence. Sure, ba- based on based on what I'm seeing and based on who's following, and and just to be honest with you, Chris, I can't really tell that very many that of those numbers that have followed, it wouldn't necessarily be what I would consider the Angers Channel crowd. Okay, all right. There's a few. There's a few, but I. Uh, unless we reach people that are different than I imagine would listen to our podcast. Okay. And that is possible. Oh, it's possible. It's, it's very much possible. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's a different crowd. It's a different medium. That's for sure. But we don't, we don't, you know, um, scrutinize here or judge, right? We're, we're open to any and all anglers, outdoorsmen and women. And we, we want to, we want to touch them all, not touch them physically. We want to meet. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, we want to, we want to reach out to them and love on them and, and let introduce them to the great website of anglerschannel.com and, well, and fishing any, in general. Anything that I put there will be fishing or outdoors related. Well, as it should be being that it's at Kenneth Grover fishing, it, it should be. Yes fishing related so but your daughter comes home she's coming home what about a week 
Sunday. Sunday. Wow. I know you're excited. So I am. It's a good thing that we'll be we'll be close to we'll be close to home this weekend, so you don't have to go too far. You uh, is she flying into Huntsville or where is she coming uh, to? Na- Nashville. Nashville. Okay. Well, that'll be good. That'll be good. Maybe she can help you ramp up your TikTok a little bit. So we'll see what what she's got in store for you. You know, I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, she she's not much about social media either. She does have an Instagram page. Okay. Um, but I've kind of I've kind of silently trolled her with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Silently so, uh, trolled her. I like it. Okay. Look look look. She's been in Europe. It'll it'll be what thirteen weeks or so. She's almost finished with it. So she's been there a while. Okay. Her her sense of reality is like gone, completely gone. Sure, she's not living in real reality anymore. Right, she's gone over there. She's had some classes to do. I'm not so so much sure how much she's done. I'm under the impression when she gets home, she's got a lot she's got to do to catch up. Which means she's taking in everything sure. possible while she's there, which is great. That's exactly what we want out of her. But you know, knowing that she's over there living her best European life. <laughs> Occasionally, I have to do some stuff to kind of, you know, get a reaction out of it. So, occasionally, once I realized she actually noticed my Instagram post, I have put some stuff out there just just for her, and it's been quite interesting at her reaction. It wasn't it wasn't a David alias name, was it? You didn't use that, did you? No, 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 no. She, okay. she wouldn't know who that was. Okay. Well, just making sure. Just want to make sure that we're all I, on it. I only use that for pickums, and that didn't turn out because <laughs> we got behind on it. But it didn't work out for you, did it? <laughs> no, it, it, it was, that was supposed to be funny, and it just didn't work. Well, it was funny. Once I, once I finally caught on, it's just I'm a little slow. So, and y'all, and y'all know that, you know, to be true. So, just a little slow, but it is uh, Wednesday, November the 16th, as you listen to this. We have a fun show for you guys tonight. Our buddy Will Davis is going to join us, your 2022 Bass Nation champ. He's going to join the show. He has been confirmed. I'm assuming he answers the phone, which I feel like he will. I did get a text back from um, Kyle Hall last week, well after the fact, and um, he updated later that uh, he was just – Things happened. He got busy and forgot. And um, so it was one of those little deals. But um, I had a few folks that, that did chime in on that that have a pet peeve about people who blow off a podcast. And um, I won't go into uh, I won't go into all that. He also had to say something about Nixon. You know, I asked Nixon to be on the show, but Nixon's deer hunting. And um, <clears throat> I get it. Listen, I, it's, it's deer season. I, I understand He's uh, an older, experienced veteran in, uh, in this sport, and he doesn't have to do it. He's going to go deer hunting, and that's what he's going to do. So, But um, it'll be – it was good. And then I did get another text from a gentleman that listened. He said, I listened to the show this morning with Laker. Something caught my attention. This is not a slight on Laker or you for saying it. When you were saying he qualified for the Invitationals, you asked, what is it like to be – to note to be a pro – I think MLF has clearly defined what a pro is now, and it's not guys in the invitationals. They made it clear that is a triple A level. This is a much might be a much larger conversation, but that caught my ear. I agree with it. I may have spoke out of turn there a little bit. I guess I was still thinking about pro circuit and and what that entailed. But um, they have they have drawn a line as to what's a pro circuit and what's not. 
And we've seen that with, I don't want to say a mass exodus, but I have noticed that people are getting an invite to the invitationals that are turning them down because, well, they didn't think they'd get an invite and they went a different direction. Like guys that are like way down in the 20s and 30s on some of these points lists. So this leads me to think, is is MLF scrambling to fill these invitationals, KG? You know I have a take on this. Um, yes, they're going to struggle to fill that field. Um, and and here's here's what I think is going to happen, and, and I've already seen it. So, I, I mean, you can say that I'm cheating because I've already seen it, but I, I knew it was going to happen. The, the, the older anglers or the anglers that have been doing this for a while, especially if they were a part of FLW, they right. fished the FLW Tour. The changes that have been made to that group since MLF took over, you know, there there was a change right off the bat that that a lot of guys took negatively and, and didn't continue. There was quite a big group that did continue, but this last uh, deal going to the Invitationals, I think, is going to do majority of those guys mm-hmm. in. Uh, they've basically been kicked between the eyes and told right. them that they're lesser than what they were. So you don't. You don't take that very well. You, once you've had something and now it's being downgraded, you know, you kind of take it personal. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see an influx of the younger younger anglers who weren't involved at that level. Okay, this is still something new to them. Right. It, it's a guy that maybe fish Toyota Series and BFLs. The Invitational is still a step up to those guys. Mm-hmm. It, it will not affect them negatively like it does guys that were fishing FOW Tour. Right. So I think what they're what you're going to see is they're going to have to pull in those younger guys, the guys that weren't quite at that level. They're going to, have to try to pull them up in order to fill that invitational. Uh, whether they'll get enough of them to do it or not, who knows? You know, only time will tell. We'll just have to kind of wait and see what what that how that turns out. Right. Well, from the posts I've seen, it seems like it's 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 guys that obviously didn't think they were going to get there. They went ahead and paid deposits to fish other stuff, whether it was, you know state team trails or um, whether it was a pro-am deal or an open or whatever and didn't think they'd get the invite and lo and behold the invite shows up a month late and they're like man if I only if I'd only known but you know what do you do now so it, it just seemed to me and and, and, it, and it came through pretty quick I saw several posts on that pretty quick this week I like back to back, and it really made me feel. After looking down that list to see where these few few gentlemen were in the standings, it's like, man, I really feel like that they're having to really dig deep to kind of fill this field. Maybe not, but it, it certainly feels that way to me. So, and your explanation uh, yeah. there was was perfect, spot on. So they will definitely have to. They're they're probably calling guys that just fished Toyota Series, you know, last year in order in order to try to fill it. And there'll be quite a few of those guys, I think, that will take that opportunity as long as they can handle it, you know, financially and the time off to be able to do that. Sure, sure. David, your take on that? Well, I think KG touched up, like, pretty much covered most of it. The only thing I could think of is, like, is this is the invitation going to be a way that they're going to try to make money off of? Like, not saying that, you know, again, is it going to be able to generate enough money for – MLF to to justify having it around because again, um, I believe uh, what was it? Is it one hundred fifty? I forget what the, the the target size field for the 
invitationals. It's 150. It's 150. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, but then again, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to run or try to have this support or this support league. But what was, is it the qualification level tour or not? It's not a tour. Sorry. Cause it's not a tour technically, but whatever circuit, but um, yeah, I don't know how long they'll be. They're going to be able to justify keeping that going, paying for staff, having all the, you know, logistics and all that stuff for them. If, if they can't get at least 150, I mean, I don't know if they say, you know, if we get 125, that's good enough. Or if even then, if they're still able to break even, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to make a lot of a, a long-term or longer-term business sense for them. Right. Here's the problem for them. If it doesn't work, the, their next, their next choice would be try to pull from the, from the Toyota series. The problem with the Toyota series is there's too many divisions. They'd have a hard time trying to figure out how to pull those anchors up without increasing the number of turnover every year. And they've already they've already made it known that they're trying to protect as many of those BPT guys as they can. Sure. So in order to keep those numbers low, it, one series, you know, the invitationals gives them the chance to kind of manipulate that number. It would be hard for them to do that with the Toyota series. Yeah. Toyota series is it's got its own little place there and it's you know they're kind of in a catch-22 between a rock and a hard place there for sure because you know you look and you read <clears throat> I was reading some of the stuff today and it sounds like um you know we know Grigsby and McClellan are out of the BPT and there was a great story on uh, on Bass Fan about that so they're owners and you know I mean, Grigsby was saying he had a bad year and he got booted out so now it's time to go on to the next deal, which for him is the Invitationals. Um, and then McClellan said he hasn't determined his 23 plans yet and opted not to comment. So, I mean, it's they're going to do all they can, like you said, KG, to keep these, you know, keep guys in. But at some point when they're that low, when the average is that low, they've, they've got to move on and do something different. I just – I don't know that a Toyota angler would be ready for a BPT if they went that route. But even then, how do you pull from, what, the six, seven divisions they have? Granted, the biggest thing for Toyota is they go out west, so that's a big pull for them because they are a western. They do have a western presence, but Well, it's it's barely a presence. There's there's, The turnout out there is is pitiful, really. The the West Coast anglers, you guys don't – I mean, and I understand that you don't have a lot of choices – um, but there's just not the participation out there. I mean, there's no way that they can't be losing money by going out west. Sure. But, but yeah, I I I think there's I well I think I've told you guys that I that I've really thought they would struggle to fill that invitational field, mm-hmm. and I do think it'll be a struggle. Uh, they'll get they'll get close. It might actually fill, but it's going to take some of those younger anglers. It's going to take some of the the Toyota guys uh, to to view this as an opportunity to move up. Uh, and try to take advantage of that. Sure. Um, well, let me ask you this while we're on this subject real quick before we get Will Davis in here. We know that, um, obviously, we know Bobby Lane uh, going to go fish the Opens and a few other guys. Uh, Ish Monroe going to go fish the Opens, uh, we hear. What kind of a loss is it for the Invitationals and Major League Fishing when you guys when you got guys like um, – you know, those two, Billy McDonald and now Miles Burkoff, who was on the pro circuit side of things, was always a force. I mean, he was always a, a major player in a lot of those events and is a kind of a young gun. And, you know, he, he made a really good post this week on social 
uh, picture of him when he was younger with Ray Scott and when Ray passed away, really kind of reevaluating things. How much is MLF putting things into perspective for some of these anglers to be able to go and chase that, that opens classic elite series dream? Well, I was trying to give David an opportunity to step up, but he, he's not going to do it. So he, he's not going to take advantage of it. So <laughs> he is not so going to debate. So. Look, I, I, I think I'll try to answer this one, but you're leading me into another question that I'll have for you. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to have it's going to have a bit of a negative impact on them short term. Um, there, there again, they. In a business sense, obviously, they've made the decision to go the, the direction they have. Okay, right. so now they have to live with it. Okay, so once you've done that, once all the dust settles, you got to make the, the most of it. So you got to keep kind of remember, though, that, you know, they do have a bit of a feeder system and you have the BFLs, the Toyotas, <clears throat> now the Invitationals to the BPT. Sure. They have to hope that they can pull enough guys up out of their lower tier in order to keep filling the upper tier and kind of keep that funnel going. If that funnel can't continue, then that that's when they're going to realize, you know, their decision they've made has not been a good decision. But we won't know that for some time. Uh, but I think at this point, they don't have a choice but to hope that they have enough anglers that want to fish their tournaments and will, and will fill in those gaps. Sure, sure. All right, so so you David, you want to comment on that, or are you gonna just you gonna let that no, one just well, come on by? To kind of add to what KG somewhat said earlier too about like um, their focus was always to try to protect the current BPT guys, and I guess to even that more or less the 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 guys that were there at the very beginning mm -hmm. this of this whole split. And I'm not saying that focusing on uh, you know like not protecting the you know that they should focus on the other potential anglers that are out there, but that might be something that they might have to start doing as it's, you know, instead of protecting the names, the guys that have, that, that have history, I'm not hating on what, what these guys have, have accomplished or anything like that, but it's something that they may have to start doing as a, we want the, the best of the best of whoever's fishing the MLF side here. So whether it's going to be Kevin Van Dam or, you know, Joe Schmo from whatever parts of the country, you know, I think that's what they, they may have to start doing is, you know, instead of finding, you know, maybe, maybe opening up more spots of, of how they eliminate guys from BPT and, and trying to get more um, fresher talent in, I guess. You know, I'm not saying that you kind of just – some of those guys may be lucky or whatever, but I think that that might be more attractive for especially guys that, you know, again, for them to buy into the invitationals and and, and put that money up because, again, it is a pretty hefty fee, especially for guys that – not saying guys that fish Toyotas can't fish it, uh, can't afford it, but it's one of those things where – Again, you know, if with all the traveling and all the additional logistical stuff that, that comes along with it, I'm pretty sure that it's got to make a lot more sense for some of those guys to do it and 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 uh, to know that they have more than just, well, maybe three or four spots to get in. Okay. KG? Well, you, you know, and, and hearing you say that, David, you kind of, I kind of thought it, I just thought of something. But, you know, if, if they would make the decision to not protect so many of those BBT guys and maybe have a few extra turnover, with, with with the expectation that they would actually drop down to the invitationals to try to requalify, that might would actually help the invitationals because that that would make the invitationals look like they're more important than 
what it appears right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're all thinking it's, you know, it looks like it's, it keeps getting lower in the priority. But if you had um, more opportunities to get in the BPT from it, and then you'd have BPT anglers going back, dropping back down to it, you know, trying their best to requalify, it would it would actually make it stronger in the long run. So instead of protecting your BPT guys, which in the end is what's going to hurt them the most, okay, because you're you're giving less anglers an opportunity to move up. So you're an angler and you fish BFL with the hopes that you go to Toyota Series, with the hopes that you go to the Invitationals, and then hopes of BPT. But if those opportunities are are very slim or hard to get to, why do you spend all that time? That takes years to do, by the way. Why do you spend all that time to try to climb that mountain when it's it's really hard to get to the top? If you had more opportunities to get to the top, more people would want to climb that mountain. Right. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> go ahead. Which sorry to interrupt you, but he, that he, me he's to, on a roll, folks. My, <laughs> here we go. That leads me to my question to you. And funny is we, we didn't talk about any of this beforehand. We had no idea we what did we not. discussed. No. You just kind of threw it out there. But it leads me to the, to me that the bigger picture, you t- you look at all these guys that are now going to fish the Bassmaster Open. So so now let's look at all of all of fishing, okay? We were just looking at MLF. Let's look at it all. All these guys are going, and it's going to be a staggering number, far bigger than I ever thought they would get. The number of guys that are going to fish all nine opens this coming year is going to it's going to be a crazy number. Oh yeah, yeah. There's only what is it? Twelve spots. Yes. Yeah. Twelve okay. spots. That's twelve. It. Twelve out of that go to the Elite Series. Mm-hmm. That's a very small number. All these. So all these guys that were professional anglers. Okay, a lot of because a lot of them were FLW tour at the time, the pro circuit. A lot of them pulling over trying to trying to get those few spots for the elite series. How long can they do that? Yeah. If if the Bassmaster opens do not change in any way, they don't increase their their payouts or anything like that. How how long can those guys do that? Yeah. You, you know, you see Bradley Hallman. You know, he did it for a couple of years. You see that from the responses to him, how how much pressure got off his back that he made it. He was going to fish all nine again next year, but you could tell it was a lot of pressure on him. Realistically, how many years can these guys fish at that Bassmaster Open level without making it to the elites? Uh, so I think what's going to happen over time, if if the invitations do what we think it's going to do, and the opens continue like they are, in the next three, four, or five years from now. You know the overall professional tournament angler. It's it's going to be a lot lower number than what we, than what we've had. Yeah. It's going to shrink. It's going to shrink it by quite a bit. Sure, sure. I agree. I agree. So we're gonna we're gonna take a break. <clears throat> we're gonna get Will Davis in here talk about the Bassin Championship. But I want to know. I'm gonna put a question out there for you guys to be thinking about. And why are we seeing, in your opinions, when we come back after Will? Why are we seeing this defect? Not defect. I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the, the word. Why are we seeing this transition now from guys back to bass, both from the BPT and the, the, the old defunct pro circuit? In your opinions, when we come back after Will, why are we seeing this, this transformation back into bass? And why do we feel like that's that's happening? So with that, David, give me a number. We got to have a texture number again. Give me a number. 
Jordan Smith won our uh, won our last our last hundred dollar gift card for Sports in the Warehouse. He was texted number five. Give me a number, David. This is your time to do it. Six. Six. Texture number six to the X-Zone Hotline brought to you by Trickstep, 901-493-0437. Hit us up. That's texture number six, 901-493-0437. That's the X-Zone Hotline brought to you by Trickstep. Back with more right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay. You talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel and use our special promo code code Angler's Channel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mention they also offer fast and free shipping? You didn't, but even better. So hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Rely on Lithium today. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Something brought to you by our friends from Strike King Lure Company. Lose rods and reels. Products made for winners. Find out more at strikekinglurecompany.com. Excited to welcome in our buddy, 2022 Bass Nation champ, Mr. Will Davis. How's that sound, brother? That sounds good, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Having me on. Absolutely. Well, we're uh, we're excited to have you on. And um, dude, I ain't gonna lie, I was pulling for you. I saw you in second place there on that. Uh, I guess it was what Wednesday when y'all started. Wednesday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Saw you in second, and I'm like, oh, come on now, you got this. Then second again, and I thought, man, this this other guy's really really doing it. And then on Friday, I finally got the the email or the press release that uh, you had pulled it off. And, dude, I just – I couldn't be more excited for you, more proud for you. No, I appreciate you. It was a absolutely grind. You know, it was the most mental tournament I've ever fished as far as being patient and uh, not getting many bites and just really 
dialing into an area. I mean, you just couldn't run and gun on that lake. And I'm, I'm a fast paced fisherman. I like cranking and spinner baiting and swimming a jig. And if I see ten boat docks in a slough, I like flipping every every pier on every post in about twenty minutes. That's just kind of how I am. But up there, <laughs> I just had to slow way down and dissect where I was at. I understand. Well, before we get to the actual event itself. Let's talk a little bit about the road to get to this event because the Bass Nation stuff, it's not like you just started fishing, you know, events, you know, back in June to get to this point. I mean, it's it's a pretty lengthy deal to get to the state team to get to this tournament, is it not? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, they call it the road to the classic. It's definitely a long road and a hilly road for sure. Sure. So um, where, where did it start for you? It started for me uh, with Pro Line Bassmasters out of Sylacauga. Okay. And I've fished it for three or four years now. And uh, I started, um, let's see, well, I actually started doing very well a couple of years ago. And I, I made the made the regional Okeechobee. And I didn't, didn't do good down there. And I came back home and requalified for the state tournament. And, um, and I actually, uh, in Alabama, you have to win a, an event, uh, to be on the state team okay, or you have to finish in the top five in the state, um, at the championship, state championship. So in 2021, I won, which was last November, I won the, the Alabama state championship. Okay. Which led me to Smith Lake, the, the next to be the <laughs> Southeastern regional. Right. Uh, the same one as it was at Okeechobee. And um, went up there and real fortunate and won it. And then I got to qualify for uh, the national tournament this year or last week on Pickwick. And uh, I just went into it with open mind. I put in all my hard or, you know, time on that lake. And uh, I didn't feel good about it. I ain't going to lie to you. It was so <laughs> tough. I just did not feel good about it. Had, and it just all panned out. Had you spent much time on Pickwick prior to that event? Uh, not before the after I before I won Smith Lake, I fished that like two times gotcha. beforehand, and then after I knew that I was qualifying, um, you know, for nationals, I I went up there seven times for the the month before the tournament, <laughs> which is off limits. Right. So I went first seven times. So, And it's not but two and a half hours from my house, but I just knew in my mind, I said, if I lose this tournament, it's just what my time. So I was going to make sure of that. Right. Right. I got you. I got you. So let's, um, let's, let, let's run through practice. How was, uh, how was, you know, official practice. And I know there's a lot of pomp and circumstance prior to this event as well, but Talk about official practice and what you were finding and how things were looking because it was, it was a really nice week last week and then it kind of turned off a little little colder toward the end, maybe a little bit of rain too. But talk about what you were seeing in practice and how that how that went for you. Well, when I got up there um, <clears throat> that third, let's say that Friday night, um, it was or that Friday the day before official practice was real sunny, everything. Saturday came around, I put my boat in, started raining. <laughs> I said, well, I looked at the forecast, you know, as most fishermen do for the actual days of the tournament, and it was sunny and a little cloudy. And it was raining, and the next day it rained a little bit, and, 
you know, the conditions just wasn't going to be the same as the tournament, you know. And I thought, you know, heck, it's raining. It's the first time it's raining in about, you know, two or three weeks. So they'll buy it today. And uh, I caught four keepers Saturday. Sunday, I caught one keeper. <laughs> uh, Monday was a media day. And then um, Tuesday is what they call official practice. And you get to fish with your co-angler um, from the state. Right. And they do like a mock, a mock run, and they go through the whole putting you in, have to check in at your your time, designated time for weigh-in um, that day. So, And they run you through the whole weigh-in system and all that stuff, and then you, you know, they put your boats in the boat yard, and you go back, they shuttle you back to the hotel. And I caught one, I caught, yeah, caught one keeper that day. My co-handler caught two. Um, but that morning... I found some good fish up there at the dam um, a month before that, and um, I caught two four-pounders that Saturday morning, first day, and what I call the juice up there. Right. And I, I left it alone. I left them up there. I had about four places up there I knew I could catch them, or thought I could, or have a good opportunity to, so I left that alone. So that Saturday, uh, not Saturday, that um, Tuesday morning, we blast off. Me and my co, we go up there and we set the boat down. And up there about middle in between the island, not the island, but the bridge and the island, mm-hmm. I said, we're just going to sit right here and kind of just play dumb because I want to see where everybody went. All right. <laughs> and, uh, so nobody went up there where I wanted to fish, and that made me feel a little bit better. And I was trying to see a few schooling fish too, and that never happened either. So, um, so with that being said, I felt good about it. And uh, even though I only caught five keepers in three days, you know, prior to the actual competition day. Well, I was going to ask, uh, how does that, I mean, how does that, I know fishing's fishing and, you know, everything changes, but I mean, how do you how do you stay positive and upbeat on day one when you've only caught five keepers in three days in practice? Well, I just knew that running around like I did that Sunday and official practice or you know the, the what they call the pre-practice the, only, right. the, the official practice was that Tuesday um, pre-practice that Sunday I run all my largemouth stuff that I found a month before and I couldn't make it happen Right, I couldn't make it I mean I found one little place that has in it in coffee slew and um, I caught one three pounder and there's burning spinnerbait and uh caught one in there um swimming a jig and that was the only place i had that i felt like i could catch a keeper you know a large mouth so I, with that being said i just i'm a current fisherman back at home so i just knew in my mind that you know i'm gonna live or die up here at this dam okay all right so day one you finished in second had 13 13 and did you did you stay up there the majority of the day uh, I did. To, I had two fish around 10 o'clock, and I said, you know what, let's run down a coffee slough. And I um, had a co-angler from Nebraska, and he was a super nice guy. And he said, he said, heck yeah, man, whatever you want to do. <laughs> we haul tail down there, and I, I pull in there, the bait's gone. And I said, you know, I made 10 or 15 casts. I didn't feel it. Cause I run off instinct most of the time, you know, right. my gut feeling. So 
uh, we left from there and hauled tail back. <laughs> and 120, I still didn't have no fish. And they every day they was jacking the water. Um, they was turning the water more and more on um, every hour. So um, I pulled up there and they was running about 40,000 CFS uh, after being there for about an hour or, or two hours. And at 120, I caught three fish. Four, three, and a two, and about five casts. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. And then uh, that was it. And I left, and, you know, so I just knew it was going to be a grind the next day. And it second day was definitely the toughest day. But I never left from up there, you know, so. That's, that's not a, I mean, that's not an easy thing to do because we've been up there for other events and and you've seen boats go up there and then all of a sudden they like you know guys give up and they're and they're gone it's hard just to stay mentally focused up there isn't it and 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 keep doing what you need to be doing knowing that it's going to yes, happen sir. right yes sir absolutely absolutely and that helps us around the dams around the house too you know uh, everybody comes up there, you know, oh, he's catching them up there. Well, they come up there for two or three hours, and they don't catch them while they're gone. <laughs> yeah, First time when everybody leaves, that's when they start biting. <laughs> Kenneth knows that all too well, Ch- chasing folks on TV, don't you, brother? Oh, yeah. I see it every time. <laughs> every time. So uh, day two, 12-15, you're 26-12 overall, still in second. And um, what changed? Did the weather, the weather changed on Friday, right, on the final day? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, it kind of turned out, you know, like Saturday when it was raining when I was up there. But the difference is the first two mornings competition and the um, practice day, um, first practice day, they was only running 10,000 CFS out of Wilson Dam. So it kind of makes it very scarce up there. You have to, have to go through there and with your live scope and mark the rocks, you know, that's what I've done in practice too, you know, to have you a path up there while I was fishing because there's some giant boulders up there. <laughs> <laughs> I got a good buddy tore a whole uh, bottom end heater boat up there. Oh gosh. And so it was raining that Friday, last Friday morning, final day uh, before we blasted off. And I just felt it in my bones. You know, everybody's like, you know when you're going to catch them, you know. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That was the only time I felt like I was going to catch them. And I pulled up there and I caught a, um, I don't know, a two-pound large mouth. And then I burned my dad's peacock spinnerbait down the wall up there, the wing wall, and I caught a three-and-a-half-pound smallmouth. I uh, went out there, turned out there, and cast it on my, my little rock that, uh, that they was positioned on at the time. Or the, during the tournament and first cast I caught a two pounder and the next cast I threw out there I was washing that shaky fish which is another bait that my dad makes Davis Bait Company Yeah, a half ounce shaky fish with his ex-wim minnow albino on it I was washing it down through there and one thumped it and I swooped my rod and I got him I've, you know, I've caught, you, there's so many drum up there, it's unbelievable. So you really don't know half the time unless it jumps, if it's a drum, you know, or a smallmouth. Right. And I get him, and I was like, this is a drum, because that's why he was shaking his head and stuff. Well, he gets me hung in the rocks out there. So I go over, and I, and I pop it off. He comes by the boat. And, I mean, this felt like five minutes, you know, but it was really like 30 seconds. And I get him beside the boat, and he jumps. 
or tries to jump. <laughs> and it's that five three or five four smallmouth. Oh, oh. Yes, sir. And my line, and I know it's frayed because it just got me hung up in that rock. And uh, I reached down there to grab her. You know, I'm laying on my stomach and reach down there to grab her. And she jumps over my arm. Oh. <laughs> and uh, she comes up there and I, I reach down there and put my finger in her mouth and she spit the lure at the same time. It was just meant to be. I, I was like a kid in this first Christmas, you know, that he could remember. <laughs> <laughs> KG? Yes, sir. Hey, since you yes, mentioned sir. it, you, you mentioned you were washing the bait. That we, We've probably got a lot of, of people listening to podcasts that maybe don't have as much experience fishing current, but can you go into a little more detail of, of how you do that? Yes, I mean, it's, it, it's, you kind of have to be able to fish effective and not get hung up. So explain how you do that. All right. So a lot of people, when they fish current or really don't know a lot about current, they try to throw straight up above the boat or they try to throw straight down and reel it back to you. So what you want to do is you want to throw it kind of like a, uh, I'd say like a 30 or probably about a two o'clock. If you're looking at a clock, probably two o'clock upstream far as you can throw or wherever your obstacle is that you're throwing at you want to throw up and let that bait far as you can and just let that boat bait wash sideways down through there just like a shad would um that definitely helps you as far as hanging up not hanging up and that current also helps you laying more fish too because when they hit it they turn away from you so you've got the current and your hook set that's helping you penetrate that hook to the fish's mouth okay all right i like yes, that sir. <clears throat> i like that i hadn't i got to go that's a good question kg i've heard the term but hadn't hadn't heard a explanation of it so that's uh i, I like that so the um the five four smallmouth and at this point do you have your limit with that fish no sir oh okay I, no sir no sir i have four and all this happened by seven o'clock <laughs> and and i and i was on cloud nine you know i just knew i was going uh, or i had a good feeling i was going to fast classic and uh i didn't know i was going to win but i i kind of fished some more stuff up in there and let that place rest for a little bit and I pulled back out there and made that cast again and caught a two pound smallmouth and that was that was it. You know, I, I called one time at eleven o'clock with a with a uh, two pound two and a half pound large mouth, but it was really only by three or four ounces. So I had enough to win by eight o'clock and it and it was a magical feeling. Did you? When did you think you had it, or did you know that you had it? When I pulled into the harbor down there, uh, when we all pulled in the, uh, and, uh, where we checked in and after we checked in, I, I went over to Mr. Will and I said, you got them? And he said, man, I ain't got three fish and they ain't that big. Oh. And i tell you what, I just, I couldn't even feel myself hardly after that but because the, the spread or the lead that me and him in third place had over the rest of the guys, it was, it was pretty big, you know? Right. Right. So I knew them boys would have to catch 25 pounds or 24 pounds or somewhere in that range to to beat us. Right, right. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Go ahead, guys. You know, you, you, you mentioned uh, that, that you felt pretty confident about the Classic. Obviously, the, the top three uh, boaters in that tournament make it to the Classic. At, at what point did you even, or did you even, uh, start thinking about, 
you know, if you won the tournament, what difference that makes. I mean, you know, that that gives you the opportunity to fish the lead series. So at what point did that sink in or, or did you think about that? I really didn't think about that. To be honest with you, it's after I came in and talked to, to Mr. Wheel. You know, uh, all I've ever done, you know, I I don't ever try to beat the fishermen. I try to beat the fish because if you try to beat the fishermen, you're going to beat yourself up. You just try to go out there and figure out the fish every day and do what you need to do and try to execute it the best you can and and go with it, you know. Yeah. After I talked to Mr. Wheel and it was all it all it all come to me then for <laughs> sure. I got thinking, man, I can't believe this. I'm gonna get the fish to Bassmaster Classic and even as a little kid, um uh my dad he took me all over the United States watching, you know, the classics and um he'd have his booth there and that's my biggest part, you know. Let's go watch the way in, Daddy. Let's go watch the way in, Daddy. <laughs> so we'd go watch the way in and um even last year, you know, I had a dream of going through or or they was pulling me into the uh arena through the curtain and all the fans were out there and they called my name and I woke up. And it made me so mad, man. <laughs> it made me so mad. And now, now I get to live it out. So it's it's definitely a blessing from God. I can tell you that. Well, you 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 talked about what was your first classic that you went to, Will? Do you remember? Um, uh, yes. Um, the one I remember the most is when Woo Days won, and was that Chicago? Chicago, 2000? yeah, yeah, it was, sir. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. And then, um, I mean, talk about your dad because you, you talked about, I, I read in the article that, you know, your dad spent quite a bit of time building you some baits for last week, didn't he? No, oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Me and my dad, we, he's like my best friend and, um, and I definitely couldn't be in this position without him or, or my mom. Um, I've sacrificed so much and, uh, my dad started me fishing when I was five years old or old enough to hold a rod. And growing up, he took me, you know, fishing in ponds and fishing tournaments. And, you know, he, he got me in with Bethel University mm-hmm. um, in college. And I done that and came back home and flipped burgers, actually, <laughs> for a while and run a grill. And, and uh, so... Uh, it just went on and so forth now, but my, you know, my dad's, uh, he, I told him before I went up, I said, dad, I said, I need you to build me about 30 to 40 of them shaky fishes. And, uh, <laughs> he said, you got it. So that's what he's doing. So, yes, sir. That's, uh, that's awesome. So obviously you're excited about the Bassmaster Classic. Do you have your, do you have, or does your wife have your, your, your walkout song or your ride out song picked yet for the Classic? Well, no, sir. No, we really ain't sat down and we really, uh, we really hadn't had time to really, you know, look at that. But that's uh, something else very, you know, important because all the all the guys have their songs, and you know, I've had a guy, another guy, ask me about that. I said, man, I ain't even thought about it yet. So, well, it's it, it's obvious you're excited about it, and and you should be. I mean, that's that's a heck of a accomplishment right there, winning this thing, and then. You know, getting that uh, that classic berth. I mean, it's, you you look at the guys that have that have come before you that have done it. I know you're you're holding the Brian Kurtzel Trophy and 
of course, Polinick and so many others. But, uh, I mean, just such a cool, cool honor to, to, to win that thing and, and get that, get that classic berth in it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, uh, with that win, you get an invite to the Bassmaster Classic or to the, I'm sorry, Bassmaster Elite Series. Have you thought about that at all for next year? Uh, yes, sir. I'm already mapping out, uh, <laughs> like Okeechobee as we speak. As oh, far as Google so, Earth. Yes, so we're sir. going, we're going to the elites. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. That is, dude, that's cool. I mean, that's really cool. So time for yes, dad sir. to start building more baits. That's it. <laughs> oh, ain't no doubt. Ain't no doubt. He's got to go in there and build him some more molds. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> David, what you got, buddy? Yes, Since we're on this, you know, things about visual, you're, you're talking about visualizing or dreaming about the classic and then, uh, you know, mapping stuff, but you know, help us to understand or see or visualize ourselves, you know, when Maddie Wong hands you off this uh, trophy exchange and uh, help us, what was going through your mind, you know, tell us what was going through your mind and what, what was, what did you see as you, you know, during that trophy handoff and, and, and raising that trophy above your head? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a feeling that I really can't describe, but magical, you know, and uh, I follow Maddie Wong on all his stuff, watched all of his YouTube stuff and I've never met Matty Wong until that tournament. And I can tell you right now, he's a first class guy mm -hmm. on and off the water. And I have a lot of respect for him. And uh, when he got to bring that trophy out there, it just, that's, you know, it really hit hard then, you know. And I, I turned and held it up in front of my parents and my little girl and my wife, you know, and my friends and stuff that came all the way up there to watch me weigh in and support me, you know. It, 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 it was a tearjerker for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it was, you know, we've, we've seen you and your dad at some ABT events and different things. And it's, it's such a cool, cool relationship. And to see the, the, the pictures of the, you know, you guys hugging on stage and everybody being there and your family and everything, just a really, really neat deal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I tell you what, like I said, uh, my dad, he, uh, I told him on stage, you know, he's the one that he's he's the one that won this trophy, and I, you know, I meant that, you know, for sure. That's that's cool. Very very special relationship there for sure. So very neat. So we're going to the elites. When do you have you have you thought about going to Knoxville yet? Practicing for this thing? I know you've been you came to Pickwick seven times. How many times are you gonna go to Knoxville? Yeah, I'm gonna try to go fair. I got to take a family trip to Gatlinburg <laughs> at the end of this month. And then after that, I'm going to be up there to, or at least go up there, probably, probably three times. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because <laughs> they have a three-month um, cutoff for that thing. Right. Right. So. so Where the lease is like 30 days or so. Yeah. Before the official practice. So, yes, sir. They uh, they definitely have it where you, uh, you, uh, you got to learn, man to find out your stuff on your own. And I, I'm very fortunate to learn that at an early age, you know, cause you can't get no info from anybody, you know, period. Right. right. So unless it's an elite series guy or, you know, if it's the elites or, or it's a classic guy that's fishing the classic. Right. So, right. So it makes it challenging and, and, and it, and it should be, it should be, you make it that stage, you know, you need to, you need to earn it for sure. 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 
Well, brother, from uh, from all of us here, we are excited for you. Um, so freaking proud of yeah. you, and um, cannot wait to see you in Knoxville. Can't wait to see you at Okeechobee when you uh, yes. when, when you yes. you know right out in the first Elite Series day, and uh, just really really proud of you and proud for you and your family and and everything, and really excited for you. Well, I sure appreciate y'all taking the get in touch with me and uh and getting to talk to you guys well thanks for answering the phone how's that <laughs> yes sir anytime anytime well buddy congratulations again hope you and your family have a great thanksgiving and a wonderful christmas and uh we look forward to talking to you again soon absolutely y'all too yeah right, buddy thank see you, you. Sir. yes sir thank you right. bye-bye well, guys, there he is, Will Davis, your Bass Nation champ, going to the Classic, going to the Elite, KG. Another guy from Bama going to the Elites. It's stacking them up over there. You know, it's it's going to get interesting, you know, uh, when those guys sit around and they start talking about where they're from. It's They better not be messing with folks from Alabama because oh, uh, no. it wouldn't go too well for the rest of them. I can't wait to hear him on stage with Mercer because that 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 Lower Alabama accent right there is, is classic. I, he he's a good dude, good family, and uh, I'm really excited for him and and his family. So congratulations again, Will Davis, your 2022 Bass Nation champ. And I, David will probably have him on a podcast here soon for the rookie for the rookie insider. So he's going to be an elite series rookie. You going to start those anytime this year, or you just uh, you waiting on you waiting on a roster, ain't you? That's what I'm waiting for. But at least, well, you know what? We got the first scoop on that. Yeah, we do have the first scoop. Yeah, we do have the first scoop. That's for sure. So but with that, take a quick little break. When we come back. We'll wrap this show up, get you guys back on the water or in the woods right here. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue and a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Closing segment, at Alabama Bass Trail. Nope, sorry, that was last night. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast brought to you by our friends from Pro Charging Systems, the future of marine charging is here. Find out more at dualpro.com. 
Make sure you charge that up, prepare that charger up with a set of Relyon lithium batteries, the only lithium battery you need. Find out more, relyonbattery.com. KG, how's the Relyon batteries working in your new boat? They work perfectly fine. Work perfectly fine. Easy to install, nice and light, a lot of power. Nice and uh, Picking them up off the ground to stick them up in that compartment is real easy. And uh, the best part is, is if you don't charge them for a few days, you still got a little juice left, don't you? plenty there you go there i you don't go. have to worry about it. my days of worrying about batteries chris is long gone done yep i'm with you i'm with you isn't that funny though how how long we we always we stressed over making sure everything was charged end of the day end of a practice day getting ready for tournaments the next day well, it's, it's critical if you don't have power to to power up your mercury outboard or you don't have power to, to run your trolling motor all day you're, you're not going to get anything done if you're in a tournament you're not going to compete so right. Th- right you have to have the power Speaking of Mercury Outboards, big, big announcement today. Um, I say big in the in the you know the grand scheme of things. V10, 350, and 400 horsepowers uh, announced. Probably not going to do much for us in the bass world, but God, it's a big motor, KG. You know it. Well, I mean, it, it depends on what you compare it to. <laughs> yeah, because they have something that are bigger. <laughs> they do. Uh, they do. But yeah, I, it's it's going to kind of fill in a bit of a you know a gap that they had uh, of, you know of updates. So it's it's going to fill in that gap. But yeah, I think the majority of what you're going to see with that is the offshore crowd. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it, that mercury reliability is going to go all the way through the line though. So they'll no, be great engines. It is, and, and they they make some you know this is kind of pairing off the Verado stuff of, of old and 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 this thing you know. Um, growing up and especially on the offshore stuff, these guys pairing up two, three, four, five, sometimes six of these. Suckers. I can't imagine six, four hundreds on the back of a boat, but they do it. Right. So it's like good grief, but you just, you, you never know. But um, yeah, so check that out online. David put a nice press release up today on that. So you can find out more on the new Mercury lineup. And um, yeah, so Great looking stuff, as always, from Mercury. So make sure you check that out. Um, let's see. I sent you. Did you guys get my text on the X-ray of that 10.15-pound 10, 10. smallmouth that Ontario, um, they used an X-ray to prove that it was, it's, it's a confirmed record bass, but they got an X-ray of it to make sure it didn't have anything foreign in it, right? Any No lead, right, David? Is that right? Is that what I'm understanding? Well, I guess there's there's lead in the water, right? From all the pollution that is there, but I guess no sinkers in this case. You know, it's it's those Lake Erie fish. You know, they they magically have sinkers in them. So uh, them, no, them, them, no sinkers. Uh, them, them Lake Erie walleye. Well, I, I guess them walleye like to eat them <laughs> them them lead sinkers, right? And them and then walleye fillets that are floating through the floating through the water. I guess somebody. Somebody must have hit one of them with one of them V10 props, right? And sliced one up and the walleye just ate it. And then they ate the lead. I anyway, sorry. But yeah. A uh, pretty neat deal. Uh oodmag.com on here out of doors. They put a picture up of the record bass confirmed. 10.15 pound smallmouth uh that we saw last uh been been a few weeks ago. 23 and three quarter inch smallmouth caught on Lake Erie by an Ohio angler. And um, it beat a 68-year record that was 9.84 pounds. 
um, near Peterborough, Ontario. So, but they took an X-ray of it to make sure nothing was in it to confirm that it was a uh, an actual record. So, pretty neat picture there, X-ray of a bass. If you wanted to see that, so pretty cool deal. Um, I don't know what I would do, KG, if I caught a, a smallmouth over ten. I'd probably pee myself just thinking out loud. So, well, and you know what, you would it would be okay. I, I think that that gives you a, uh, I mean, that's a legitimate that's reason. A legitimate to reason to pee yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It wouldn't look good in pictures, but uh, it's a legitimate reason to pee myself. So no one would ever notice. They'd be too busy. Looking <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't. You're exactly right. I would make sure that we crop the picture up a little high. So it'd be good. Probably wouldn't do that on live, but uh, we'll have to figure that out. But uh, Randy Howell raised $432,000 for his King's Home deal last week, the largest they've ever raised. I have to think, though, that it was us, right? That we we put out that message on last week's podcast, and that really pushed them over the edge. Wouldn't, do y'all agree? I, I mean, I, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You, you got to think the majority of the people that enter that do it at the last minute. And, you know, when, once you kind of get to the deadline, it's going to push you you know, to go ahead and commit to doing it. So, sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was our message. Probably didn't, probably didn't hurt either that the, the, the guy that ended up winning it actually donated 50 grand, I think right there at the last minute to get his, to get his tickets. I don't, I think that's what I read or somewhere, but uh, I feel like he was a listener of our show and we pushed him over the edge to do it. So that's, that's, that's what I feel like. That's my take on it. And, uh, and, and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, David, you're still a, a life member of Bass, right? Yes, sir. Oh, of course, you would be. You're still alive. So, yes, you're you're a Bass lifer. <laughs> uh, Marshall registration for the Bassmaster Elite Series for life members begins November 29th through December 1st. And then uh, after that, for all Bass members, go to Bassmaster.com or you can call 877-BASS-USA. $100 for a Marshall spot. You could you could ride along with rookie Will Davis next year or – any of the guys, Larry Nixon, you could, you could ride with Larry Nixon next year. So if you want to sign up to be a marshal, um, you can, uh, you can do that. So a uh, pretty neat little deal there. Dave, are you going to sign up to be a marshal next year? I know you've done, uh, you've done it in the class. Are you going to try to do it again? We'll see. I, it's like, I, I know for sure in terms of the elite series, they're not coming too close to this area. So we'll see if I, uh, so I probably won't do that one, but we'll see if, if I'm willing to brave the cold, <laughs> I don't know if how cold cold is, but you know, one or two cold days in the uh, on the Tennessee River. So we'll see. But yeah, well, you you braved it pretty good on Hartwell last year, so you know, or this year. Well, I have my. Uh, well, we got a, a last minute. Uh, what order of? Yes, like, we did. Whoa. I mean, last last minute, <laughs> last last minute. So that helped out. <laughs> <laughs> when the guy at the front desk says, "Mr. Brown, you got fourteen boxes down here," we're like, "Oh crap, what do we got?" <laughs> David and I have more coats, jackets, vests, one pair of shoes, sixteen pairs of socks, and um, enough Under Armour fishing stuff to last us a, a good little while. We shared some of that, I think, but. It was, uh, yeah, that was pretty comical. There, our hotel room, KG, looked like you know, uh, a warehouse, a, a sporting warehouse. sportsman's warehouse. Threw up, clothes department <laughs> threw up for a little while. I was trying to figure out how to get it all home at one point. And what's funny is, is we actually there more stuff showed up later, right? It was on back order, and it showed up because Kenny had to go by and get it and bring it to an ABT event we were at. So, um, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty funny. But uh, anyway, so good stuff there for sure. 
Um, okay, so back to real quick to what we were talking about, my question before the break, before we had Will Davis on. Um, KG, why are we seeing this defect or this transition from guys back to bass or back to the opens or wanting to get back, in your opinion? I, I think and, I've partially on, answered you, this already. You, you have, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and say this real quick. So I haven't said it yet today. Normally I do my little what's what my little warning. This is not a bash on anybody. We're just looking at what's been happening lately, the trends, right? In 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 the bass fishing world. And what we've seen and why are we seeing this transition back to to bass, in your opinion? Well, I mean, uh uh, other than what I've kind of described earlier, and if you missed the first part of the podcast, you can go back and listen to that and, and you kind of get part of it. But, you know, it really comes down. And if you really think about it, if you if, if you look at anglers on a professional level at, the, at that level, you know, these guys are independent contractors. Right. So, you know, they, they have to make decisions that that's best for their business. And, and it can mean something different depending on who you're talking to. Okay. They're all in different you know, levels of their career, you know, but, but usually what we see um, when you start looking at uh, the Bassmaster tournaments, okay. The Bassmaster classic is still a big deal to practically every angler out there. Sure. I, I would be shocked if you talk to any angler, they'd have to be like very young, but I would be shocked if you talk to any angler that didn't think highly of the classic. Mm -hmm. It's still considered the Super Bowl of bass fishing for good reason. I mean, it's it's been around for a long time. You know, Ray Scott started this whole deal a long time ago. He had a vision. He had a dream. A lot of people since then have been a part of that uh, and and have been successful. Um, you can't take that away from the history of tournament bass fishing. No. It, it, it is it's there. You can't take it away. And I think that is still a big draw to a lot of these guys. So when they're sitting down and they've got options, okay, you know, we talk all the time about how these guys have to have options. I'm sure when they when they look at that, the bass mat, the opportunity or chance to go to the Bassmaster Classic is still a big draw to them. That that's that's a very important to them. Sure. So that's going to be a natural pull to to make a decision to go that route if that is an opportunity for you. So I, I think the longevity where it started, you got the Bassmaster Classic. I think that is still a real big draw for these guys, you know, making the decision of fishing all nine of the Bassmaster Opens going forward. Yep. And fishing fishing the nine Opens really sets you up for an elite series circuit of, you know, the different lakes, the amount of time on event. Granted, the elites are, you know, are a four-day tournament. Opens only three. But it sets you up on a little different path, I think, than than most going forward, than than, than just having to fish three events per division to try to qualify. It, it takes the the so called luck out of it. Sure. In, in order to be consistent over nine tournaments, it, it takes an angler having a good year, um, and, and the luck factor is coming is coming out of it. You know, the Bassmaster Opens have historically had a lot of you know so called local anglers in each event. So it, it can make it, you know, at times a little difficult to compete in a three tournament series, especially right. if it's lakes you're not that familiar with, or you're you're the one that's traveling. But but we're competing over a nine tournament series. Uh, consistency comes into play. These anglers that have a lot of experience, they understand, you know, that the, the travel side of it is not going to bother them. 
they understand the tendencies of all these different kind of lakes, rivers, you know, the different areas of the country that you go to. So a lot of those guys should have a bit of an advantage. You know, right. the, the the older guys, more seasoned guys should have an, an advantage in doing well in, in that. So I'm sure a lot of these guys feel that even though it's only 12 spots and it could be, it could be 150 of them trying to get the 12 spots. I think a lot of these guys believe in their own ability and think they have a good shot at making one of those 12 spots. Right. So how do we, how many guys do we think are going to be fishing the opens that were former in, invitational anglers or even, um, we, we know the BPT guys that are, that are going to be there. How many guys do we say over or under 20? I'm going to say over 20. Okay. Over 20. I like it. David, how about you? I was going to say 20 before you said over or under 20. So that's what, that's like the number <laughs> that I was going to say only because it's, um, it could be a few more, but I don't think it's going to be like 40 to 50 or like a big, a pretty big number. I think 20 might be a pretty generous number. Okay. What are your thoughts on that, David? Um, KG covered a good amount of it, uh, to kind of add on to that whole, um, what was it? The, uh, this whole, like, I guess with the qualification before, like, it does take a little bit of the luck out of it, but it te- definitely takes a lot of that, um, the bomb situations out because again, besides with the opens AOY race, I guess you could say, um, if you bomb one event out of those three uh, for each division, uh, you're pretty much more or less screwed. So, whereas at least with nine events, it, there's less, there's more, it's more forgiving, I guess, if you have a slip up or two and there's still uh, a, a, a a bigger chance for you to hopefully still uh, make up for it and, and, and sneak into the, the, those top 12 spots. So, um, so for those guys, especially guys that have um, fished the FLW tour or the pro circuit and are used to that AOI style race and competing for that, it's, it's more familiar with them for that versus again, being limited to just three tournaments and, uh, and then like, like I said, one small slip up and you're pretty much screwed and you got to focus on the following year. If you're not fishing all nine, in the current or now previous uh, opens format. So, well, go ahead, KG. Go ahead. Well, I, I didn't want to inter- I didn't mean to interrupt you if you're going to get started. I, I was just going to add this. You know, I, I talked about earlier about I don't know how long those guys can stay at that Bassmaster Open level right. in the long term without being able to qualify for, for the Elite Series. But this does go back to, and we've been saying this for quite a while, especially in the day and age we live in now, these anglers have to take back their career. There are things that they can do to um, help themselves or put them in a position where they're not relying on these organizations for their career. Right. You take a, you take a Brian Latimer. Brian Latimer could probably not fish a tournament again. And because of what he's done on his own, building his own personal brand, mm-hmm. he has an opportunity to make money. So, he is fishing. He can make the decision to fish certain tournament trails that's going to help him with his own brand, and his own business. He's not bound to an organization. Right. And it, which will give him the opportunity to actually change down the road as, as, as these organizations keep changing and they both do it. It's not just one of them. They both do it. You know, it, he, he can just kind of go with the flow and fluctuate and do what he has to do in order to, you know, to be successful and provide money for his family. And that's what, that's what these young guys need to be doing. If they're not putting themselves in that same position or trying to go down that same road, it's going to be really tough to have a long-term professional career. 
No, you're exactly right. And looking back at the press release from Bass, because I was actually looking to see if there were two different points formats, right? If it's just they've got one for the, you know, for the the three events, or they got one for, the, one, for one for each division, and then one for all. And that's that would be the overall angler of the year. But they had 83 anglers that registered for all nine Bassmaster Opens in 2022. Yes. So in 2022. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that uh, where that number comes up. I, I think it'll be 150 plus. Okay. Okay. All right. Good, good information, gentlemen. Good information. David, what did you learn this week? Anything? I know you took your kids to a to a basketball game last night, to yeah. a Bucks game. Um, they lost to my Hawks. I won't say my Hawks. They're <laughs> the closest team to me. But uh, what did you, what'd you learn this week? Uh, I guess since we're talking about the basketball thing, I, my son actually seemed to like it. So we'll see how that – well, going to a basketball game, at least he was actually a bit more – uh, what was it into it? Cause the uh, only other professional sports thing that I took him to was a baseball game and baseball is obviously a little bit slower pace. So at least, you know, he was a bit more animated and into cheering and stuff like that. So we'll see about that. But, um, what was I going to say? I forgot. You know, what's good about, you know, what's good about baseball games, What's hot, that? hot dogs, hot dogs. Well, they're good at basketball games too, but hot dogs. That's that's the that's the ticket at a baseball game for me. But anyway, sorry, you were gonna say something else. <laughs> well, see, in Wisconsin, we had we have what was it? You know, hot dogs. But you know, it's more about the brats up here. So <laughs> more about the brats. Okay, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. You're all about the brats. I got you. <laughs> I got you. KG, what'd you learn this week? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I, it shouldn't it shouldn't shock me. I should be prepared for this, but you. You've kind of drained me. You you hit on a topic early on, and <laughs> I, I, I'm a little surprised that I was as prepared as I was for it. I am too. But I, normally, y'all are tight lipped on this stuff, and I'm the one getting on a stump. But y'all, you are on you're on point tonight. <laughs> I, I, a lot of that I've been thinking about for a while. I mean, it, you know, it's I don't, I don't know. I just I I guess I was prepared for it. But it, I, other than that, I don't know that I've learned anything. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got you. I got you. Well, I spent the weekend in Auburn with my son and um, and and my wife, and um, at the ATO house. It was the parents' weekend for the fraternity, and I'm not a frat guy. I've never been a frat guy, um, but my son is. And so Friday night, we drive over there, and uh, they had a cocktail reception, and um, apparently, my my version of business casual is not what their version of business casual is. Because um, I showed up in my business casual, which y'all have seen me in my my jeans and boots and my blazer, and I look and feel pretty good. And not the case with uh, with some of these. My son's in a suit. I'm like, who the hell are you, right? And uh, But, you know, he's he's part of the fraternity. He has to be. So, of course, he's like, y'all just come by my apartment, and then we'll, we'll go to the house. I'm like, all right, no problem. So we go to the apartment. And I have learned that my son is currently, he has a 4.0 in, um, well, in drinking beer. I'll give you that. He's he's damn good at drinking some beer right now. I can promise you. He's, he's White wine, not so much. So when they run out of ultra, he's pretty well screwed. But he's uh, he's real good at drinking the beer. So uh, had me a couple, David. I had, me, had an ultra or two. So you figured you'd be proud of me on that. 
they didn't they didn't have amaretto or 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 tequila so i had to I had to go with, with what they had but um so and then um for you know the first thing we do we walk into his apartment is my wife says when was the last time you cleaned and he's like oh we cleaned this week and you really couldn't tell i, mean, I could because i've been there before and so she goes, we go back to his room because she's never seen it. And um, I go in the bathroom and use the bathroom and I come back out. And <clears throat> I remind him that they make a brush, right, that you can clean that toilet with or the, the, the fluid, the stuff you can put in there, right, to clean the toilet with. And uh, so my, my wife's question was, is it safe for me to go in, meaning her? And I said, it, it's better than the truck stop restrooms we've been in. Right over the past few weeks traveling, so yeah, you're you're safe. But uh, then we go down to the ATO house, and he was he was uh, excited because they had been cleaning literally all week, right, to get ready for parents' weekend. There's like 180 guys in the fraternity, so all the parents are there. It's a big crowd. They got a band, food and cocktails and everything. And we walk in, and first thing my wife does, she she goes, smells like piss, and he's like, yes, but it's not as bad as it was. So it's like. Okay, there you go. So, I learned that he's uh, he's really good at drinking beer, and he's uh, a very socially active young man. So, proud of him and what he's doing down there. My daughter is actually shooting um, the flag football Final Four tonight uh, down in Auburn, and getting ready to shoot uh, Auburn High School uh, football this weekend. And uh, we didn't go to the game, but we were outside tailgating and the fans going crazy for Cadillac KG. I know you don't care. You're, you know, saving guy, but it was neat to see everybody come around Cadillac and our interim coach there and um, all that. And then we went back to the hotel in Montgomery, watched the game and um, watched TCU beat Texas and uh, all that stuff. So my wife's a big TCU fan. So we're uh, back and forth and all that. But um, yeah, so good weekend, but learn a lot about my son. Good kid can down some ultras and um, now I know where all my gas money goes when uh, he says, Dad, Venmo me gas money. It ain't going for gas. I can promise you that. It's um, Their fridge is very well stocked of, uh, of Ultra. It might be gas to go to the store to get you know, the, the alcohol. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he can walk to the store. I don't, I don't know. but um, It's gas, just not for the vehicle. Just not for the vehicle. Right, right, right. And um, he, uh, he, you know. Poor child, he's having to drink aristocrat vodka, and I'm like, dude, that's that's just really, you know, that's just. But he, hey, you know, whatever. But he's uh, luckily he just lives right across the street from campus, and ain't got to drive nowhere, and he can just walk, and it's it's all good. But yeah, so real eye opening weekend for dad, you know, here. But uh, but it was good. It was a good time and uh, fun to, fun to see him. Good to see him and uh, be around those guys. So it was uh, it was good stuff. But with that, we've got Thanksgiving coming up next week. Go ahead, David. Sorry. Oh, good. I was going to ask. Did you see that? Did you see that, Kenneth? Did you see you that? It, it, used to, it, used to be, it used to be this, and now it's this. The hand just, just it, it come flying up. What was that? You look, you look down for a second, so I put it back down. <laughs> what I the hell? See it, so. I, I mean, are you, are you swatting a fly or a bee or having a strumming? You're like, what? Okay, go. Sorry. Well, no, because since you brought up Thanksgiving, I was going to say, I was going to ask, you know, I don't know if the listeners want to uh, respond to this, but obviously I'm not a hunter, but, you know, um, was it Black Friday comes up and I know some guys are, or some people are into the sales and stuff like that. And I just want to know if, if uh, any of the listeners, uh, if they decide to, is this a, a time when they stock up on 
fishing stuff, you know, taking oh. advantage of any sales and stuff like that. And if they do, what do they buy? Is it just smaller dollar item stuff or is it something where they're looking at like, you know, a few, uh, you know, what was it? Helix units or Mega Live or whatever it is, if it's bigger purchase like that, or is it a new boat or truck? I don't know, but yeah. Okay. I need to go over to, uh, I, I've got a call with my, our friends from Sportsman's here coming up this week. They've got a pre-Black Friday sale going on now on sportsmans.com. You can check that out. Uh, a few fishing things in that, mostly hunting stuff though, but some pre-Black Friday fishing sale stuff. And I'm sure there'll be some Black Friday and some holiday gift guide stuff going on as well. I do some holiday cooking. Are you cooking this year, KG, or somebody else doing it? Uh, I'm, I'm treating it just like I do every other day. I don't cook. Okay. David, how about you? Are you cooking? <laughs> Uh, we're not sure yet. Uh, we're, and we've got two events, one with my family and one with my wife's family. So we'll see. Uh, we're not sure. We're kind of just, but it's a potluck type thing. So we'll, we'll figure something out, okay. but probably a bit of both. Well, I, I heard on the news today to not be a hero with the price of food this year. Don't be a hero. Assign sides to other family members. So, uh, my mother-in-law heard that and she called me and I said, no, no, I can bring the sister Schubert's bread. That's all I can do. Can't, I can't, and I barely do that, right? Well, that that is a very good contribution. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. So I can do that for sure. And I can wash dishes. That's my contribution. But, um, <laughs> you know, you do not want me cooking. I can, I, I make a mean bowl of cereal, KG, mean bowl of cereal. My milk to cereal ratio is on point. That's but, it. But no one wants cereal for Thanksgiving. Well, you don't know that. They might. You know, nice bowl, no, no, no. nice bowl of frosted flakes goes a long way. So, you too know. many better options out there. That's true. There <laughs> are, there are. So, well, with that, folks, thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Anglers Channel Insider Podcast. Texture number six, 901-493-0437. That's the X Zone Hotline. Brought to you by Trickstep. Uh, speaking of which, got to welcome Trickstep back for another year, twenty twenty three. Going to join us, Strike King and Lou's back as well. So. Got a lot going on right now, so I welcome those guys back and excited for that. Uh, so, text number 6, 901-493-0437. If you're just now, if you, you're just now hearing it and you're thinking, man, I'm not going to be number 6, you might as well text and find out because I'll let you know where you are, right? Matt Lasme found out really quick he was number 1 last week and a long way from it. But we we did, you know, Jordan, uh, Jordan Smith, number 6, Number five last week. Number six this week, 901-493-0437. If you got comments, Thanksgiving recipes for David, um, tips for Kenneth, whatever. I mean, we'd love to hear it. Shoot us, hit us up, let us know. And uh, as always, make sure you click on uh, send David your tournaments, Dijong, D-X-I-O-N-G, <laughs> at anglerschannel.com. Send David your tournaments. He'll get them submitted up there as well. And uh, with that being said, on behalf of our guest tonight, your 2022 Bass Nation champ, Mr. Will Davis. For David, Kenneth, the AC Circus, I'm Chris Brown. Guys, have a great week. KG, get us out of here. Don't take it personal. And there you go. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trick Step. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.